Hello, welcome to the Flow Artists Podcast. My name is Ran Bowen. Now, before we start the show, I'd just like to ask you to please subscribe or give us a review in iTunes. It'll really help us promote the show. In this episode, I travel back to my hometown of New Plymouth and catch up with Alex Roger, who runs the Yoga Space, a hot yoga studio right in the center of town. Now, Alex has led an adventurous life and he tells us how his journey has taken him traveling across the world from the north of England. We learn how he found yoga and meditation and how he felt drawn to creating a community right in the heart of New Plymouth, New Zealand. It's an incredible story and he tells it very well. We recorded this conversation in his studio and you might notice a bit of background noise during portions of this recording for which I do apologize. And please stick around, Joe and I will return at the end for our picks of the week. Thanks for meeting with me, Alex. I was just wondering if you could just start by telling me a little bit about your background and perhaps where you grew up. I can detect a little bit of an accent there. Yeah, <laughs> definitely was. Um, yeah, my upbringing was in the north of England, um, very much an industrial, industrial part of England, but very close to some beautiful areas as well. We've got the Lake District up, up in the northwest, so it's quite close to the Scottish borders. You can probably tell by my accent. So yeah, it was. Yeah, brought up originally in Manchester, and um, so I spent about 10 years in Manchester and in bars and pubs. My mum and dad were publicans. Right. So yeah, I um, brought up in, in pubs and bars around, around Manchester, and my, uh, and my mum was actually from the town where I lived where I lived over there in the in the northwest, a place called Barrow and Furnace, a very small little town, industrial town. But yeah, yeah, slowly worked my way from there and started spreading my wings and ended up touring around England and going to the Lake District, got into mountain biking and you know, I spent a lot of time in the in the, uh, Manchester as well. I sort of went back and revisited Manchester because my parents split up and I ended up moving back to my old hometown with my with my mum. And then um, from there just continues sort of spreading my wings and from Manchester then I, I was working in the shipyard for quite a few years and I, but I was always wanting to sort of break away from that and um, I ended up getting made redundant from, from the shipyard along with another 6,000 people like the whole town basically just closed down in, in mm-hmm. the space of six months and all my friends were getting all this redundancy money and we were slowly drinking it away as you do in a northern English town and I just decided right I'm not going to do that I'm going to do something you know that I've, I've been reading a book about um, working your way around the world it's funny how I heard it. I just heard it on a radio so like I'd never met anybody who traveled and I just heard it on a radio station someone talking about this book and I thought oh that sounds interesting so I got it from the library and then I got this opportunity, all of a sudden I had a lot of money and so I, I decided, right, I'm going to do it. So I took a, a one-way flight to Bangkok uh-huh. <laughs> and that was the start of my travels and so yeah, I travelled quite a few years and I actually I was sailing for quite a few years. I sailed from Central America to, to New Zealand so mm-hmm. and that was pretty much just um, went where the wind blew and I ended up in, in Whangarei, up in the north, mm-hmm. north of... In the north of uh, New Zealand and slowly worked my way south and discovered a bit of yoga on the way and mm-hmm. a bit of meditation mm-hmm. on the way and yeah, yeah so here I'm in Taranaki. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a pretty adventurous life. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it was pretty, it was, it was funny. My mum, when I was younger, you know, even in her level, you know, like she moved to Manchester when she was quite young, like 18 or something like that. So for her, moving from, from her small industrial town to Manchester, that was quite a big thing in her day, you know. Mm -hmm. And then when we were kids, we used to go on camping tours around, you know, Wales and the south of England. And she would always go for the, try and find the roads with the grass up the middle, she'd always say, you mm -hmm. know. So she always was leading us to that to find that unbeaten path, you yeah, know. Yeah. And I think as time went on, I've I've always been looking for that as well. I've been trying to find that that path that, that maybe other people haven't been on, or you know, mm. get off the get off the mainstream. So yeah, mm. excellent. So you briefly mentioned um, discovering meditation and yoga in New Zealand. Would you like to go into that? How did, how did you discover these practices? Well, I've got quite a link with the ocean as well. Like another one of the drivers for coming to New Plymouth is the surf, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I discovered that when I was traveling and sailing. And so I, I really got uh, quite a strong relationship with the ocean. I, I sailed across from um, the longest part of the, the trip when I, when I sailed from Central America was from the Galapagos Islands to the French Polynesia. And that was a month at sea. Wow. So 30 days without seeing land, and I used to spend a lot of time on the bowsprit, just just watching the waves, you know, just rolling, and you know, and and so obviously I found this sort of this headspace that was, you know, quite therapeutic. Like mm -hmm. I hadn't talked to my father for years. I say my my mum and dad were divorced when I was young, and I hadn't talked to my father for years. And I wrote him a letter while I was sailing, and you know, sort of rekindled that relationship with my father again, and. So it was, yeah, it, it, it was a big, a big thing for you, you know? Mm -hmm. mm. And then when I arrived in New Zealand, I met some people, you know, through surfing and, you know, I was telling one of them about this, you know, this, this state that I got into when I was, when I was sailing, you know, and he said, ah, I know what you need, you know, mm -hmm. he said, you, you need to do a Vipassana course. Right. Yeah. And that's how I discovered Vipassana and mm -hmm. meditation. That was really my first step on a, on a spiritual path in a way. I guess when I was traveling, there was some spiritual aspects to it, but yeah, no, that was, that was what really sent me on this path, yeah. Right. Mm. So you found Vipassana. Did you have any key teachers or a key teacher at this time? There was a guy called Paul White. Mm -hmm. I, did my, I did my training in Australia mm -hmm. uh, around Noosa, and I was traveling through Australia surfing and you know, I had a beaten up old wagon and sleeping on the beaches and, you know, just doing what you do and traveling around. And, and yeah, I ended up going to this Vipassana course and Paul White was the, the teacher. And I remember seeing him sitting on the, on the seat and he was standing real strong and he had a rip curl t-shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, hmm, he could be a kindred spirit, you yeah. know? And yeah, yeah, so he was my first sort of meditation teacher and he actually came over to New Zealand as well and sat a course when he was over here too so mm -hmm. yeah yeah and so starting with the Pasana meditation when did you discover yoga specifically well it was a few years after I've been doing meditation probably for about maybe two or three years after I've been doing meditation I was living in West Auckland and I used to go backwards and forwards to the Vipassana Centre quite often you know I found a, a place where I could go and gravitate to and I'd spend weekends there and one of my friends he'd been over to Byron Bay and he'd done a, a three month, three month or an, an Iinga course anyway and he came over and 
you know, he was into surfing and we were into a bit of rock climbing as well. And they said, oh, you need to get into this surfing. It's just so, I mean, into this, in, into this um, yoga, it's, mm-hmm. just, it's just so complimentary, you know. And I was also on that path as well, almost sort of dipping my toe into, into other spirituality, you know. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was just a, an extension of that, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I guess you mentioned you surf and you skate and do a lot of these other physical activities. And I guess with this podcast, we like to talk about getting into that flow state. Do you, do you find that these are activities where you can get into that state just as well as yoga? Or is, is there a difference for you? Well, it's, for me, you know, having that sort of basis in uh, meditation, it's all about the breath, mm-hmm. you know. And I mm-hmm. think that, yeah, my style of yoga is very much a vinyasa, you know, just really working with that rhythm of the breath. And I also, you know, you find that when you're out in the surf as well, you know, it sort of crosses over that you, you're sitting there and you're watching the waves and you see these big sets looming on the horizon and you, you realise, right, just calm your breath, just come back to the breath, you know. And yeah, so it's not the same as in the rhythm of the breath, but it's definitely a breath awareness is a big part of it too, for mm-hmm. sure. Actually, it sounds like your friends that you were traveling around the country with were sort of quite accepting of yoga, or did you get any stick from people at various points during your um, journey? No, not so much here, you know. I know if it had been in the north of England, you know, like I, I actually had a friend come over from the north of England and just complete my training, and he was a real, he was a very rounded sort of person, very sort of introvert, you know, and, and so I chopped him up with some bolsters and blocks and was showing him, you know, getting to better canasana and to, to open his shoulders, you know, and uh, and when he went back to the UK, I'd know that he'd been telling my friends, you know, because he rang me up after a little while and said, look, if any, any of your mates or any of our mates say anything about what I said about you, I wasn't being, you know, <laughs> so I thought, right, so obviously you were being, uh, you know, <clears throat> telling tales about what I was doing over here, but yeah, yeah, no, but my friends here, they were, they were very much on that sort of path as well, you know, like mm-hmm. one of my friends was into Krishna consciousness, you mm-hmm. know, and so we were, we were all sort of dabbling in, in that a little bit as well, and a lot of them had, had done Vipassana courses as mm-hmm. well, so yeah, we, it was a really good sort of bunch, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cool, and just to backtrack a little bit, with yoga and meditation, do you actually find that your practice of it sort of enhances these other activities that you do, the, the skating, the surfing and the... Yeah, you know, meditation, when you've got a regular practice, it just gets you into that flow of life, you know, it's just that you just sort of get swept along, you know, and it's, it's, it seems to be that you don't have those same struggles. Maybe you do, but just with having the practice, it just feels as if they don't, you know, they don't affect you the same as you would without them, you know. So mm-hmm. definitely I find when, when I'm meditating, when I'm meditating regularly, when I've got a real regular strong practice, mm-hmm. everything just seems to, to happen and life just flows. Yeah, and the same with the yoga and the surfing as well, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, it yeah, definitely yeah. flows, yeah. Yeah, no. So you say that life just flows and I guess you manage to flow towards New Plymouth, towards um, the, the wonderful surf area. What was that process like? And how how long ago was that? Being here, like I'm not very good with years, but I've been here. I, we call it pre and post samurai. I think. And oh, remember yeah, when the last Tom Cruise yep. and all, all the the circus was in town? It was that summer when I first came here. I think it was 2002 or something. So mm-hmm. yeah, 15 years ago or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. 
as we mentioned, it was the surf that drew you here. Was it much of a process sort of um, setting up shop or just establishing yourself here? Well, I've got my industrial background. I'm an, I'm an electrician as well. Right. So that's my kind of mainstay. And mm -hmm. so I was, I was working on, uh, on super yachts up in Auckland. Mm -hmm. And then a company down here was building super yachts. Mm -hmm. So I, it was funny. There was one of the guys who was a, an owner's rep who was working in the shipyard in Auckland and also on the shipyard down here. And I said to him, I said, can you see the surf from the factory? And he said, actually, if you stand on the bowsprit and look out through the doors of the, the construction hall, you can see waves break. I said, right, get me a form, get the yeah. application form, I'm coming. So that was the, the real catalyst for coming down here was knowing that I could, I could come down for the work and, mm -hmm. you know, but also having visited here lots of times, I knew exactly what it was like, you know, mm -hmm. so yeah. When did you decide you wanted to start teaching yoga? That's interesting. I, I had a, a teacher when I first came to New Plymouth and she was, you know, she's an amazing individual, Eileen Pennington. She, she must be over 70 now. She was probably mid 70s. She'll never tell you how old she is, you know, but she was about 60 at that, at that wow. time, you know, and yeah. she'd been through IYTA mm -hmm. and um, I was you know, just like I am with everything, just full on with yoga. So I would be at all her classes and it's just, I don't know, it's, for me, it's just, you got to be all you can be, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was just an extension of that. You know, if I'm going to do yoga, why don't I throw myself into it? So I, I did the IYTA training mm -hmm. and yeah, I was assisting her uh, with teaching out the coast, out, out towards where all the surf breaks are. Mm -hmm. out, out. Yeah, and so I was assisting her with teaching and it was just, yeah, just part of that process. And then uh, when did you decide that you wanted to set up your own studio? Yeah, well, when I completed my training, which was a, a few years ago now, it was probably about 10 years ago, I always said I want to, I want to start up like a, a yoga community, you know, mm -hmm. I want to start up a, a community centre for, for yoga, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's sort of become like that, you know, like I when I wanted to set this place up, I, I invited lots of teachers and we went through that whole process, but it became very much apparent that people weren't maybe as quite as interested in starting a yoga studio as I was. So, mm -hmm. you know, they didn't want that commitment. So I just sort of opened the studio, but, and it's, it's still quite a community oriented place. You know, like we've got six teachers, you know, we've got a lady who does all the mind body side of it all, you know, we've got mm -hmm. another lady who does all the advertising. I'm really just kind of that person in the middle, you know, mm -hmm. like I, obviously a lot of the ideas and you know things that we want to do like we've got november coming up and things like that you know mm -hmm. like they're instigated by me but yeah it's really it's a big group of us that are really running the studio i'm still out doing my electrical work every right. day you know yeah. and so i i just on the phone talking to you know all the people that helped me to mm -hmm. to run the studio and they basically they just come and do what they do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of community, was was it very difficult to start with actually sort of building or establishing a community or did it just sort of fall into place? Yeah, well, I already, I've been teaching for, by the time I started up this, this, the studio, I've been teaching for a fair few years by then anyway, probably yeah, maybe seven, eight years or something like that. But I've been mostly to surfers. I used to teach uh, yoga for surfers at the Board Riders Club in Fitzroy, mm -hmm. which is uh, about 10, 15 minutes from here. And, and I'd done a couple of Bikram classes and I'd done some, some hot yoga classes. And, and at the Board Riders Club in the winter, we used to close all the doors 
put the heat pump on and you know we would all be sweating and it, we used to go for a meal afterwards we always go to there's an Indian a uh, little Indian uh, restaurant around the corner and they had $10 curries on a Tuesday night so it, we'd end up with more people coming to the curry on a Tuesday night sometime you would have in the class you know it created this kind of you know this culture around where people some people wouldn't turn up for the class you'd see them running past going for a surf and they'd come to eat at the end right so yeah and it was that same community a lot of those people have crossed over and you know the, the now students here but we were always trying to build community you know like it's still quite hard you know like i still find that people come and they do their practice and they're here and then they, they've got their sort of routine you know it's and sometimes quite hard to get them to do something different you know mm -hmm. like so it, in a way we do have our community that engagement is a big thing that i'm still working towards you know mm -hmm. like getting people more involved so that like we've also got um we do the 108 sun salutations mm -hmm. so we, we're doing that at the beginning of december in, in the park and that's really good because we get all the, the studios involved and we all you know and we have a big so that's really great that's mm -hmm. a that I want to start doing that every every year you know mm -hmm. so the things around that like that you know. New Plymouth is a relatively small town about less than 50,000 people and it does seem to have quite a few yoga studios I was just talking with you about this before as I mentioned I moved away for a few years and just coming back there just seems to be so much yoga here do you, do you have any idea why that might be? Yeah there was quite an, ex there was quite an explosion of it just if, you know maybe well just after we sort of got got our studio established yeah there was a few few more open just after that but i think the mountain taranaki you know we've got this big beautiful mountain here and it does sort of draw a certain type of people as well there's a lot of art in new plymouth you know there's a lot of culture around the maori culture and you know a lot of that's intertwined with with people's day-to-day -day, you know and i think just that that spirituality and being in touch with nature you know there's a lot of people you know when they're not doing yoga they're surfing you know or they're they're tramping they're snowboarding you know so i think just that being in touch with nature and just finding that kind of connection is is something that sort of appeals to people with yoga as well do you ever feel sort of a pressure to live a perfect yogic lifestyle being a teacher here yeah not not really i'm very much aware of my heart and my sleep mm -hmm. you know what you see is what you get yeah, you know yeah. and that's that's the same with the studio that's like our ethic as well you know we're just we're just people you know like i've had this thing bouncing around in my head just lately like uh, down to earth yoga you know that's mm -hmm. what we are you know we're warts and all you know yeah. it's, but at the same at the same time you know we do we're, we're a nurturing bunch as well you know so yeah it yeah i don't feel like I haven't drank since I started Vipassana, so I haven't been drinking for 15 years, uh, you know, yeah. probably over that now, and, this, and the same, you know, it's not as if I'm doing it because I do yoga, I just I've found that that is part of my path and that's mm -hmm. what, what works for me, but I won't force it on anybody else. Some of the other teachers, they'll, they'll go and have a wine on a, on a Monday afternoon and meet up and have a pizza, you know, like yeah, it's, yeah. We're, all, we're all different, you know. How do you find introducing sort of yogic philosophy into your classes or do, do you incorporate much of that? I, I do, not so much, mm -hmm. you know, I, I do little bits and pieces, but say we're sort of quite a down-to-earth kind of mm -hmm. studio. So in a lot of, lot of ways, like we have the Taranaki rugby team coming in here, you know, nice. like we, <laughs> so we, we try to, 
well, we're not we try to, we are just a real sort of grassroots down to earth mm -hmm. kind of studio. So mm -hmm. we don't, like, you won't see any Buddhas around the place. You won't mm -hmm. see any, you know, we've got quotes, but depends on who's writing the quotes up there, what kind of quote you're going to get, you know? Something yeah, might yeah. be from Monty Python, you might get up there nice. one day, you know? We're kind of quite quirky, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you know, having that, that depth in, in meditation, you know, mm -hmm. like, I, I am able to lend advice for people, mm -hmm. you know, if they're, they're struggling or, you know, just impart some, some, but as far as sort of yogic text and that kind mm -hmm. of thing, I, I'm not, yeah, I, I have explored it, you know, as part of my studies and everything, but yep. yeah, don't bring it into the classes uh, as much. Fair enough. Yeah. I, was, I was just sort of wondering with, with that sort of stuff, like, do you encounter resistance or? Is, oh yeah, it took me years to say namaste. <laughs> Yeah, I say it now, you know, at the end of class, and sometimes I'll almost be in tears, you know, like, you know, that, because what it means for me now, but it was like that process, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I would never just say something just for the sake of saying it and just yeah. not feel it, you know, Absolutely. or, you yeah. know, it's got to come from a place that, you know, that has actually grown within me to, to feel that, you know, and I just felt at the end of the class, there was something missing, you know, like I'd look out and everybody would, you know, we'd had such a great class and we'd all had this com community feeling together, you know, we'd all been a part of something, but there was no way of ending it. Mm -hmm. So I, I brought in Namaste because it was just like, yeah, well, you know, obviously we've had this real great experience between mm -hmm. us and, you know, like I just want to acknowledge that. And so that's how it came about. Is there a challenge in finding a balance between creating this successful business that works and your family life and your own practice? How do you balance all these? Things. Yeah, well, it, it, I'm an early riser, which is good. Mm -hmm. Helps <laughs> with the surfing, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was yeah, a big part of it, you know. Like, the reason, one of the re big reasons for stopping drinking, as well as the spiritual side of it, was because I would miss too many dawn surfs, you know. So I would, I would be with my friends, and they'd all be lying in bed still, and I'd be out catching the best waves of the day, first mm -hmm. thing in the morning, yeah. you know. So, yeah. That, so, yeah, and... With, I've got three kids too, so mm -hmm. yeah, working with that, you know, like, say with the studio, I, I'm not so involved that I can't, you know, that people just can come and teach their own classes, and so that, that's really good, you know, and I, I teach between two and four classes a week, depending on the week, sometimes if we have, you know, problems with staff, or whatever, I might have to take up to six classes a week, but mm -hmm. yeah, just about every night of the week I'm at home, mm -hmm. you know, I, I start early in the mornings doing my, my practice or whatever I need to do. Sometimes it'll be paperwork for my business, sometimes it'll be uh, practice, you know. And most days I'll get to um, make my kids breakfast and get them packed up for school and drop them at school mm -hmm. and still, you know, and then go out to work in the morning. So, yeah, it is a bit of a juggling act, but mm -hmm. yeah. So how do you feel that your teaching has evolved since you first began teaching? Yeah, no, it's it's definitely evolved as far as the vinyasa, you know, when I first started teaching yoga was, vinyasa was not really, especially the scene in New Plymouth, it was it was very much Iyengar, staunch Iyengar kind of culture, you know, and I was a big part of that. And I, and even, you know, when there was an Ashtanga, studio moved into town and I was very much no Iyengar, you know, Ashtang, you know, and 
And it wasn't until I, I started doing my studies. and Because with Ainga, it was always missing from me that connection with breath, you know. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it was, the breath was always a separate practice, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like pranayama and, and then you come to the practice and the two wouldn't meet, you know. And mm-hmm. I always used to find that quite strange. But I didn't know enough about Ashtanga at the time, knowing that that was definitely a vinyasa style, you know. But mm-hmm. I was very much still in that sort of Ainga mindset. But yeah, it's developed with, with the breath over time. And so now my classes are very much, very, very much a flowing class, which mm-hmm. is all about the breath. And, you know, saying the class, you know, I like to bring fun and quite sort of quirky, say, as a studio, but I find sometimes it's really inappropriate. I've realized that now, like once over when I was teaching the board riders club, I could make jokes and that within the class. But now, you know, you create this space and people are in this space and they're in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I and I look around and, you know, I can't drop in what I feel like saying at this moment in time or whatever, you know, because yeah. I don't want to to disturb that uh, that kind that kind of space that you've created for the students. So yeah, yeah. yeah I would say that's that's probably one thing. Holding the space is, is definitely, you know, become more a part of of my, my 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 teaching style yeah the vinyasa moving with the music i incorporate music a lot more into my classes now and you know i work quite hard with playlists sometimes on you know creating that but i do want to teach i, I want to study more you know that's definitely where i want to go you know like now i've got the studio and i've got my my uh, electrical business but i'm slowly trying to work away from the electrical business and mm-hmm. and put more energy and and time into the studio and develop my teaching as well so yeah and do you feel that your personal practice has evolved over time yeah well it's my personal practice these days it's a it's a lot of i just i really like duncan peak and power living that mm-hmm. whole concept yep. you know there's very much a surfer and sort of that that gym crossover was what i was really into for a long time especially in new plymouth because when i first started there was a lot of gyms and no yoga studio there was one very traditional yoga studio a few little small clusters but you know to sort of take it to that next level i really needed to latch onto something so i really tried to get that crossover between the gyms and so power living and duncan peak was a very much a kind of a benchmark that i i was looking at to create the studio so i still really love that that style you know and i really love duncan peak's uh, teaching I've seen him at Wanderlust and yeah yeah I really just gravitated towards him a bit, a bit of man love <laughs> <laughs> bit of bromance yeah I think everybody I said that this to a girl I said oh no I've just fallen up and she goes everybody does you know she said yeah so that is the that is the kind of the model that we've kind of been following but we're slowly working away from that but I I still do a lot of his practice you know I online I've got the power living and um, subscribe to power living so I, I've, I follow a lot of that and take a lot of element of that in into my classes so mm-hmm. yeah and, you know it depends on the time and how much time I've got to myself been exploring some other practices as well theta healing uh-huh yep. yeah yep. so I've been doing quite a bit of that too so and I find that's a lot more instantaneous you can do the same well not the same but 
we get a similar kind of effect from, from meditating as we do from theta healing, I can do that anywhere, you know. Yeah. Same with the breathing, with Vipassana, you can always come back to the breath, but sometimes it just seems a lot quicker to work with theta healing, you know, mm-hmm. to, to ground yourself and to find that, that place of peace. So mm-hmm. yeah, I've been, I've been using that a bit as well. So what do you feel your biggest challenges are as a teacher or as a, a business owner? Yeah, the moment is trying to go from one to the other now, tilting mm-hmm. that balance across, yep. you know, especially yeah with family and you know know, anybody over in the studio knows the financial sort of setting up any new business is is always a big thing you know so financially you know that that's the the biggest challenge was we're coming out of it now you know we're three years in you know Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm getting a little bit more settled with that kind i would say yeah the the business side of the studio and, and keeping the balance of the two you know trying not to bite off too much like at, at first when I opened the studio I was spending a lot of time with the studio and sort of neglecting my my other business a little bit so now it's swung back again but now it's sort of like right now I need to find that balance between you know not neglecting the yoga studio so but yeah so that that's probably my biggest challenge is making them both work financially yeah. have you got any suggestions or advice for new teachers or people considering becoming yoga teachers yeah I, I think probably just to build up your classes in a smaller scale to begin with you know like it's really easy to find a sort of cliche but find your tribe you know you know find those people that are into what you're into and just sort of bring them in you know and whether it's being when you're at work or just being who you are and talking about your yoga you know Mm -hmm. people just tend to sort of gravitate towards it you know if they're ready to hear what you have to say though and then it's just you you slowly start to build those connections with people and to say we i've still got there's one lady the other day or one of our camel yogi cleaners she was one of my very first students when i was teaching down the course in Oka so that was 10 years ago and I haven't really been teaching I haven't taught another class with her for probably about eight nine years and we put a shout out looking for karma yogis to clean the studio we have mm-hmm. three karma yogis coming and looking after the studio mm-hmm. and so she rocked into the into the class I haven't seen her for nearly 10 years you know and so mm-hmm. she's now part of the studio again and she's always you know she said you know I've always gravitated towards your style so financially she wasn't able to afford it but now she can come along and yeah you know those people are all always there you know mm-hmm. and just they'll come in they'll go out of your life have you got any advice for teachers planning to open their own studios don't do it like i did no 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 no, no. i very much you know i just throw myself into things a reckless abandon it's just who i am and what i'm like you know sometimes that's how things get done though yeah that's right yeah that's right people would be planning a business would you know have projections of you know what it's going to look like you know and we did a, a very rudimentary business plan Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, to open a studio, find, finding your tribe first of all, so mm-hmm. almost creating the, your market and cre- creating your clientele before you take it to the next level. I think mm-hmm. I was just at that, that level as well, you know, like this, where I was teaching the classes at the board riders club, sometimes we'd have to open the doors and get people out on the deck because we were f- filling the space. It was in these brainstorming sessions in the Indian restaurant after the after the classes. You know, we have a few people there, and we said, "Look, we you know we, we could do the bigger space that would work for for us more." You know, rather than carting all the gear around all the time. And one of those people was Imogen. She was a girl who's been with us since those early days in the board riders. She came through and was very 
supportive about opening the studio and then she was sort of working called herself the creative coordinator of the studio there's no way she was going to be a receptionist she was a creative coordinator she's an actress uh-huh. and so she sort of was all the the quirky bits you know like she was a big part of it you know and a few other people there helped me with business plans so it was sort of like a we all did it together in a way she's actually just done her teacher training and she's now gone back to the uk to get some experience in in mm-hmm. the uk so mm-hmm. yeah so i think that's a big part of it is finding those people that are going to help you who want to come with you on your mm-hmm. journey you know mm-hmm. like we're all on this journey together mm-hmm. i think that was a, a big part of it for me opening the studio wasn't much so much about creating a business it was doing something that i wanted to do and having the people with me to do yeah. it with you i would say that's an important part of it is to you know you can starting your businesses you can feel very much alone as as it is quite a you know you're the one it's all on your shoulders but if you've got those people there with you who are helping you along you know you've always got somebody there to to share ideas with and thoughts with and yeah so that i think that's an important aspect as well so you spoke a while back about coming up with playlists for your classes do you have do you have a particular process that you use when you're setting up a musical selection or spotify (laughs) 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 yeah well it it, often it happens just i hear hear a song or you know Mm -hmm. a track that will appeal to me and then things like spotify are just so good you know Mm -hmm. you can just you start from that one song mm-hmm. and you can just discover so much music, so many genres. So I, yeah, that that's how a lot of my play, like a lot of the music, I find a certain type of genre work, like trip hop, I find that trip hop has a really good rhythm for yep. for, for yoga and vinyasa. Yep. Yep. So, so trip hop is definitely a high on my list of when I'm looking for music. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm really into devotional music as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so over the years, like we have the Walmart Festival in New Plymouth. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I've when I travel and stuff, found a lot of music. So that devotional music as well. You know, mm-hmm. I just I just love love all that too. And yeah, so I try to bring all aspects of that into the class as well. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Do you have classes where you will sort of try and set a particular mood? Yeah, yeah, it just depends. Like I, sometimes I look out of the class and, mm-hmm. you know, if I know it's going to be a class where I know everybody's face and they're, and they're regular practitioners, then I can pump it up a little yep, bit yep, more, you yep. know, and, and increase the pace a bit more. Or if I see that there's there's people who maybe haven't practiced in the class before, you know, just sort of take a little bit slower, but mm-hmm. at the same token, you know, it, my classes are dynamic and we... And we sort of advertise the classes that as well we've got different levels so Mm -hmm. we've got like beginners levels level one level two Mm -hmm. you know and so people sort of know that if they come into this class it's a one and a half hour class and it's going to be a bit more dynamic you know so Mm -hmm. we we definitely are working on sort of directing people through from the from the beginners and slowly nurturing them through you know and you mentioned also earlier that you want to do uh, get some more study in mm. uh, are there any particular trainings that you're really looking forward to or anything in particular you really want to dig into a bit deeper yeah there's a, a guy and um, les leverfell uh, Les Leven, Les, uh, les leverfell yes that, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah 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 i I saw him at Wonderlust a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. yeah, and I really loved his teaching. I I really gravitated towards him because Mm -hmm. he works a lot with that mantra and stuff in the classes, as well as having us all in the, um, I think he had us in Half Moon all singing Barbara Streisand, you know. I will always love you, you know. We were all, everybody was, you know, fully in the pause and we were all singing at the top of our lungs. So, 
Yeah, he, he was really entertaining, but his classes was quite full on, you know, real vinyasa style. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he really moved me as well. You know, like I got into areas of my body which I hadn't explored for mm -hmm. teaching. You know, it's not often you get to really sort of get deep, but he was a great teacher. So I would like to do some training with him, you know, mm -hmm. and his background as well, you know, like from where he came from, you know, mm -hmm. alcoholic, mm -hmm. and, you know, just really, really tough sort of road to get where he is you know mm -hmm. and you just see him you just see he's you know just such a beautiful man you mm -hmm. know and just very nurturing and mm -hmm. so yeah yeah i'd like to do some training with him excellent mm -hmm. yeah i went to uh, one of his workshops at bali spirit festival a few years ago and that was fantastic yeah 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 yeah, awesome. yeah yeah i was just wondering is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience well, as far as what's going on in the studio, we would say we've got the, the 108 uh, sun salutations coming up the start of December, but mm -hmm. something that's quite exciting that we're going to, well, we were sort of involved last year, there's a, a festival called Summer Breeze, mm -hmm. and it's a very, it's quite a, a small festival, 100, 100 tickets last year, mm -hmm. and it was a, a, a music festival, but we were invited it's a friend of mine who who runs the festival invited to come and do some yoga sessions as part of the as, as part of the festival so we you know obviously you know we do a lot of our classes to music and things so we so we did some classes we did uh, did some sort of more restorative classes early morning and and people really loved it and he's a musician as well he's a, a he does electronic electronic music some quite uh, obscure music as well you know he, he uses like this kind of mouth harp organ kind of thing you know that he plays and lots of samples as well so mm -hmm. we've done a couple of we did it we did a um we did a class here a couple of weeks ago and and they played live for the class wow so we so we're doing that crossover so we're going to have a festival there's going to be the summer breeze with the yoga spaces the sort of sub uh, you know helping you know and being involved but now mm -hmm. we're going to have one with the yoga space with the summer breeze and uh, as a second they're going to be supporting us so mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's going to be great. Like, I'm really looking forward to that because one of the feedback was that the people who are doing yoga were saying, oh, you know, like, the music went on too late, you know, and then I had to get up for yoga in the morning, you know, so we're going to make this one uh, drug and alcohol free and it's going to be a lot more of the focus on yoga, but also with the music as well, you know, integrating with, with my friend's play cycle, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, we're also going to get the, the Hare Krishnas are going to come up, uh, the Bhakti Lounge from, mm -hmm. from Wellington. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've... I've had quite a good relationship with them over the years. One of their mm -hmm. one of their devotees was one of the teachers here for a few years, and so mm -hmm. they used to come up and do kirtan here. And yes. you know, when I go down there, I I stayed with them for a couple of days last time I was down there. So, and so I invited them to be part of the festival. So they're gonna they're gonna come up and they're gonna be providing uh, food. You know, mm -hmm. the the prasad, and mm -hmm. they're gonna be uh, doing a kirtan. So the the big the big event on the Saturday night will be a, a kirtan with them. We're going to have talks and workshops and Excellent. you know with our own students and the studio. We're going to have a acro yoga and partner yoga and uh -huh. yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. So yeah, that that's really exciting. For and us. when's that? 
that's going to be the uh, end of January. So I think mm -hmm. it's like the 21st or the 22nd of January. Excellent. But we're going to launch it all when we do the 108th Sun Salutation at the start of December. We're going to we're going to put out early bird tickets then for for the for the festival. So yeah, excellent. I'll put um I can put links for these in the show notes. So. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, yeah. that would be cool. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. I think that's all the questions I had for you today. Thanks very much for your time and I'm really looking forward to doing your class with you in probably about half an hour, I guess. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks very much for coming along and thanks for coming seeing the studio and finding out what we're all about. Joe and I are here for our picks of the week. Now my pick of the week is the book Made to Last by Vanessa Murray. It's a sturdy, well-designed, beautiful book and just from what it says on the back cover, in a world full of mass-produced disposable goods, there is a movement focused on sourcing unique and durable products that reflect true craftsmanship. Made to Last is a celebration of these products and the tradespeople behind their creation. Some products have been made by hand, others with cutting-edge technology, yet each has been designed and crafted with care. So I can't wait to get stuck into this book and it's written by a friend of ours so we are really happy to have it. Uh, jo? Oh, just another thing I want to add about that book. Sometimes design and craft books can be quite girly in focus but this is like a really diverse range of different artisans. There's like a bamboo bike maker, a tattoo artist, a vinyl record maker. So it's like a really interesting mix of different handmade items which I think really sets it apart. My pick of the week is one of my favourite people, Miss Donna Sparks, who's actually going to be coming on our podcast in a couple of weeks, is running a fabulous workshop called Hoop My Boogie. Uh, it's really fun and it's a really great place to start if you haven't hula hooped before because Donna will get right to the heart of what makes hooping awesome. So the fun and the flow and the creativity but she'll just introduce some simple moves and then kind of guide you through and there's like DJ kind of playing music live and vibing off Donna. It's at 24 Moons Bar which is in Northcote coming up on December the 16th at 3pm and we'll put in the link if you want to book yourselves in. I would highly recommend it, especially if you've been kind of wanting to try hooping and feeling not sure where to begin. This would be a great place to start and a great place if you've just been hooping for ages and need a little bit more inspiration in your flow. Fantastic. So thanks people. As always, if you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to reach out to us at podcast.flowartist.com or you can email us at podcast at flowartist.com. We're Flow Artist Podcast on Facebook or at Flow Artist on Twitter. Please come and say hello. The theme song in this podcast is Baby Robots by Ghost Soul and used with much appreciated permission. Do yourself a favour and get his music from ghostsoul.bandcamp.com. Thanks again. Big, big love.